morning. You're listening to My Rapids Real Estate Show on AM 1320 WFHR, your weekly radio show focusing on real estate, the market, and everything related to housing in central Wisconsin. Welcome back. I'm Ben. And I'm Carrie Nikolai. And we are agents with Coldwell Banker Seward Realtors here in Wisconsin Rapids. That is correct. Back for another week. I know. It's amazing. The leaves are starting to turn. Not sure if you caught some of the fall weather yet. Oh, yes. It's one of those great days where you freeze at night because it drops below that nice 52 degrees. And you wake up in the morning ready to bundle up. And next thing you know, it's noon and 90 degrees outside. And you're like, okay, now I want my shorts on. You uh, go outside with a sweater and you quickly regret it. Yeah. 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 Close to that. Close to it. It's a beautiful time of year. It is. It is a magical time of the year, but it's really great. I mean, the two, the three trees in the front yard, they're already starting to lose their leaves. Of course, I think they've been losing it since June. So a little early, a little late. Well, I think we've got some uh, disease issues going on with those leafy trees out front. I Um, believe so. Ash borer and um, the birch has just been losing limbs altogether. It's yeah. It's time. It's probably it, time to get to the tree savers over. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's just time because eventually, you know, circle of life. Right. Eventually they all need to come down so that way you can plant new ones and watch them grow. So we've noticed that in our backyard too, that all the trees are quite tall. They're already starting to kind of die out and losing limbs. It's usually best to have a controlled drop versus letting nature take its course and kind of get that willy nilly drop because you never know what it's going to land on. Because if you don't keep up with the maintenance of your property, the property schedules the maintenance for you at the worst possible time. Exactly. So we're trying to avoid that. I mean, granted, the one tree that we are really watching very closely, that one was struck by lightning. And so now with all the rain and the wetness, it is starting to list just a little bit. So we're going to have to, you know, get the security cameras on that and, you know, make sure we catch it on a video. Perhaps, oh, yes. yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. super sad, we did not have a video of it getting struck by lightning. I mean, that would have been like awesome to see. That could have went viral. We could have been all over the social medias with the, with the viralness of it. Exactly. But we got a really nice tree service coming in. Cut above is coming in to help us with the tree. Mm-hmm. So, very glad that they're going to come, and it'll be interesting to see how they take it down. Yeah, and then we've also got them um, coming back when they have a little bit more free time. And doing kind of a a forest management plan, looking over our entire property and seeing just what needs to be done when and Mm -hmm. whatnot. So, um, because some of the trees, I think, benefit from limbing up and removing some of the deadness, the dead branches and the deadfalls. So, I don't know how much limbing up they can do. I mean, they're all very tall trees. They're just tall and they're getting to the point where they're, they're starting to die off. And they're so close together, they're fighting for nutrients, so they're kind of dying off. So the younger trees really don't have that many branches on them. Mm -hmm. They're just basically big toothpicks in the yard. So it's just, a, I think, just a matter of going through and just cutting them all down and replanting new ones and strategically planting them. So that way you still got the nice trees in the yard to provide shade, but it's just time for that new trees, new tree growth. So along with new growth in the yard, if we didn't have our flood going on that we had in August, <laughs> the last four weeks would have been the perfect time to do the lawn dethatching. Oh, no, still too early. And, well, you, you do that in preparation for re- reseeding, for overseeding the lawn. Oh, I like to thatch because in the that, fall because when that ground is, like, frozen. Yeah, because then you've got all of September and a little bit into October before the freeze actually happens for that new seed to get established. I've, yeah. I like so, so now our, our fall dethatching has been pushed back to where you customarily do it. Yeah, because it's always great just to get that little bit of frost in there to really dig up and really pull out all the dead grass and very beautiful time. But we couldn't do it while the ground was super saturated with water because it just would have torn up, torn up all the turf. Right. Turf tear up. It would have been very sad. 
So you're right here quite soon. Um, like as always, these shows are pre-recorded, but we're coming upon the uh, beginning of fall astrologically. Okay. That's right. In a couple days or next week, I believe. This week. Oh, this week? Mm-hmm. Because okay. today is the 21st of September. I believe on the 23rd. Sounds about right. First day of fall. All right. Of course, meteorologically, we're already into it because of the weather temps and, like you said, warm during the day, cool at night. Which is great. We can, you know, keep the windows open a little bit. I so very much love just getting that fresh mm-hmm. air into the house. And then soon we'll be doing one of your other favorite tasks with the windows, putting up the plastic wrap. And I'm going to see which windows for sure. I think some of the newer windows we don't need to do, but I think all the the older windows, I think it's still a great idea just to put up that plastic just for that little bit of peace of mind. Mm -hmm. And we can, you know, start thinking about weather sealing and air sealing, you know, get a can of great stuff foam. If you're comfortable pulling the trim off around your windows and doors, seeing what, you know, how much open space is behind there and what condition that insulation is in. Um, and that also give you a really good indicator of water infiltration too. Because mm-hmm. a lot of time recaulking on the exterior of your doors and windows. That's those $5 fixes. Right. And, and like we always, you know, kind of preach about, being a homeowner is all about it, controlling your water flow in and through your house mm-hmm. or keeping it out. Yeah, and this year we're going to have to re-insulate the basement because we found out that our cavities are not insulated. So yep. we're going to be doing a little bit of insulation. The end of the joist bays. Um, I was doing some crack filling insulation now that we've got that all exposed, seeing as how we took that ceiling down. Um, the can of project system it's a two-part thing you, you buy it at the home center okay. it's like 300 bucks okay and that should fill all of our joist bay ends against that that rim joist and i think we're going to be doing that after we have the electrician take a look at stuff or can right. we do that and then have the electrician rewire some of those questionable wires we can do it strategically you know if we want to just fill in the the bays that are completely empty and don't have any, you know, obstructions in them, go from there. And I'll at least get that started a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, from what I've been researching, it it has a bit of a smell to it. Off-gas is a little bit, but once it's cured, it's fine. So kind of have to schedule that in the day when we got other things going on and hit it real quick and leave for the rest of the day. Yeah, we got to be careful with the fox, so that she's okay. Right. Oh, we can just take her with us. Oh, yeah. So she, it's always she really loves fun. car trips. Yeah, she does. No, she doesn't. No. So you've got a lot of stuff going on. What what would we like to talk about? We do have a lot of things going on. Um, like we kind of mentioned a little bit earlier on, you know, we've got an electrician coming into the house. So we're, you know, working through those steps of how do we upgrade a electrical system to the house? And is it better to do the whole house generator versus certain circuits? Do you do that now? Do you do it later? You know, what does the electrician prefer to do? Because we want the work easy on them. And we even volunteered to do some destruction to the house if they needed to. But it sounds like we don't have to. Well, he was kind of astonished how eager you were to destroy your home. Well, it's so what we needed to do is we've got the main coming into our garage. Mm -hmm. And then it's piped through the concrete to the house, through the garage. Right. So they need to come up and, and over, and our walls are finished in the in the garage. So if they needed to get act to the actual stud, that means the drywall or the plywood needs to come down. So very happy to let them know, hey, if you need this out of your way, we'll be happy to knock it out for you. We'll take it out. It's not a problem. Yep, yep, a little too excited for that. Well. You know, drill, drill holes through the, the house, you know, to Get plumbing and stuff and electrical into it. Hey, it just what all you need to solve some of the problems is just a sawzall and a little bit of an extension cord, and we can make anything happen. There you go. But we are considering a whole house generator on an automatic transfer switch. Mm-hmm. Um, terribly convenient, especially since we have natural gas plumbed out there. Um, 
and then trying to decide the most cost-effective location for that because the cost of running, you know, getting a, a plumber to plumb the black pipe for the natural gas all the way on the other side of the house right? versus the cost of running copper wire all the way to the other side of the house, you know, so that one is more convenient than the other. It's uh, And in our case, the third option is putting it kind of in the middle of the house. So you've got sort of the the halfway in between. Right. And kind of our halfway in between is our back door, which again, due to regulations that they needed to have so much distance between open windows or a possible open window. Right. So we had to kind of come up with a plan C sort of of where we're going to put it. So it's going to involve some landscaping, I think. Yes. I think some concrete may need to be poured. (laughs) Because that's going to be my next question for them is, you know, do we need to pour a concrete pad? No, we don't. For it to sit on? No. We um we can just remove the landscaping stone and they'll provide, you know, we're into the home center, get some uh, crushed stone, a good sub base. And there's actually like a preformed pad okay. that goes on top of that in lieu of concrete. Now, okay. if we wanted to go way out and actually do concrete, we could. I was almost half expecting to do concrete. So I was... Very excited about pouring concrete. So that also gets into the when is the time of the year that this is going to happen mm-hmm. <clears throat> because it's kind of difficult to do concrete in the middle of winter. Right. And we had that conversation with the electrician too of, you know what, this is not a, we have to have it done by next week. Here's our steps that if we do anything to the house, if our dryer, you know, we need to replace the dryer, we're going to go back to an electric dryer, but the panel is full. So can't do anything until we get a new panel. If we needed to get a new pump for the well, can't get that until we get more power to the house. So if you're starting to see this realization that think more power needs to come to the house. Right. Well, we've only got a 100 amp service and most of our appliances run on natural gas. Right. Which is, you know, per unit more efficient than electricity for the most part. So that's one of the reasons why they did it. And especially back in the 60s, everything cost a whole lot different than what it does now. Correct. So one of the guests I'm hoping to bring in eventually, uh, a little bit difficult getting in contact with them is the uh, solar project on Saratoga. Mm, yes. So that should be interesting. Yeah. So yeah, it's just, it's a matter of personal preference. I mean, I like my electric dryers for, for a clothes dryer. Um, grew up with a gas dryer, but I like the electric. So, you know, kind of deciding what you like, need. And what we have works. So we're going to keep working with our 1970s dryer until it completely does not work anymore. But planning for those future, those future steps of not just looking at the here and now of this is what we need, but what would we like to do if we added a hot tub? Can we do that? And the answer is no. We don't have enough power. The bottom line is we don't have enough power to do the stuff we want to do. So we've got to look at doing those, the power upgrade. And I'm totally okay with that. Mm-hmm. So, and I think the way we're going to um, kind of plan those out is doing the panel upgrades now and with the intention of maybe in a year or however long um, inserting the generator into it, into the system. And we are fairly lucky. I mean, we've lived in the house for a year. We've never lost power. Not, we may have lost not, power not for, for any, like 15 minutes or something like that, but not like it was when we were in the city where we lost power for six to 12 hours or longer. And then, of course, you know, the duration came through in 2019, and that was just a fluke of fluke. So that took out power for the entire, like, section of the grid. <laughs> that, that was a little bit different. Yeah. And then we also got someone coming in to take a look at the gutter system. So again, like we Mm -hmm. talked about is water management. Front of the house has got gutters, not the best gutters in the world, but they're gutters. But just having someone come in and look at how to get the gutters for the rest, the other three sides of the house. So we've got someone coming in to take a look at that. And we'll keep you up to date of the gutter system. Seamless gutters are definitely the way to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I'm excited for that. A lot of projects coming up. Unfortunately, they're projects that like we as homeowners aren't really doing ourselves. But, you know, it's, it's interesting to navigate through 
finding a contractor to get those things done. And the nice thing, again, with the seamless gutters, you know, talking with the contractor, they can do this during the during the wintertime. As long as they can get to the eaves of the house, I'm like, I'll snowblow around the house so that way you can get to it. And they're like, oh, no, we can shovel. I'm like, oh, no, we're going to make sure that it's all set up for you. So, again, you know, kind of doing those planning stages of, you know, if we can push this off to a slower time for the contractor. And then it gives us time to kind of build it, that budget into, you know, this is going to cost us X amount. And now we're going to get that budget going so that way we can have it. So when the project gets completed, the money's there in the budget. So it's going to be a lot of, a lot of planning, a lot of finesse of who's going to be doing what to what part of the house. And it always seems to cost less when you plan for it. Right. Instead of, oh, now I need it. Mm-hmm. Um, we made a lot of those contacts over at the Home Expo a few weeks ago. Yes, we did. So I'm very glad, you know, we got to meet Dell from Econ Electric. So he's going to come over and he's, he's already came over. He's already looked at the house and mm-hmm. gave us his opinion on what we should do. And he's very glad that, you know, we can do the, you know what, you could do us in the middle of winter. We can be a wintertime project when things are slow just to keep your guys busy. It's not a must right now, but it's going to have to be a must. Right. And I had. Uh, consulted with them, did a lot of work in the commercial setting years ago. Um, and they've been around the area for a very long time. Yes. Very reputable. Yep. So that that's another thing. If you're looking for contractors, you know, their reputation kind of needs to precede them. And if they're new in the area, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but ask for references and referrals for sure. Yeah. You know, for sure. Um, and then the other thing we've got, well, we've kind of put the garden to bed a little bit. Okay. How how did that go? Well, it went pretty good. So eggplant is now done and that's going to be pulled out probably later on this week. And all we're going to have left is going to be the carrots in the, in the ground. And those can stay in until frost time. So n- don't have to worry too much about the carrots until a later date. But otherwise, everything's going to, everything's out. And strawberries? The strawberries stay in the ground. So they're pretty hardy? Yep. Do, do you have to like cut back the foliage or anything or? I never do. Do the animals take care of that for us? Yeah, the animals usually take care of that. Those little buggers. They're there for a reason. If they do it, that means I don't have to. And the hostas seem to be faring okay in yes. our front yard. Yep. So hopefully next year they come in nice and big and more than what they are. Well, they're the first year, first they're year. first year planting. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're quite small. So I'm looking forward to seeing how big these actually are going to get. So thank you again to the Hosta Stop for that. They had a really good selection. They did. And I believe that they're closed for the season right now. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Well, what else do we got going on? I know we're looking at decorating for the fall. So you got the um, corn stalks. We got the corn stalks Those in the are back. ready to go. They're yeah. kind of drying so that way we can have them. We're going to have to cut them down. Right. The little seven foot tall corn stalks are really going to hide our... Our little lantern in the front yard. I've got the special bulbs that flicker and look like little candle flames. Yes. I like it. I think it's adorable. We always call it the Narnia. Mm-hmm. Our Narnia lamppost. Are you going to get the uh, cheeky miniature bales of hay for decoration? Probably not. <clears throat> you know what we need to do? We need to run up and get Justin from Ashback Interiors to come over and give us some options for outdoor fall decorations or maybe we just send him some pictures on, we just on the send internet him some pictures he'll, he'll let me know what i need to do and then we can go over to chai decor over at central home improvements and they have a very beautiful halloween setup so if mm-hmm. you have not checked out central home improvements they're on 26th street in wisconsin rapids so if you go over the viaduct it's that first no it's the second right hand turn off the viaduct and just right past the railroad tracks. But they've got a beautiful setup for Halloween decorations. So if you're into villages, they definitely have a Halloween-themed village setup. I thought it was a great idea for decorating. It is. Again, our house is divided with the whole entire Halloween decorating. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. It's not evenly divided. It's the rest of y'all and then me. Pretty much. That's okay. The um, fall decor doesn't have to be spooky. I get that. I do. Um, We usually stick to our pumpkins and 
undecorated pumpkin. So just a plain pumpkin and fall leaves is what we really stick to. And spider webs, because they're all free. No, no, not spider webs. Um, now that we're thinking about things that happen in the fall and what I've been noticing around the house, um, I've been noticing a lot more of the wasps and uh, other bee insect type creatures trying to find suitable overwinter housing. housing. Matthew noticed that, yes, uh, when he was home over the weekend. Mm -hmm. Uh, They had to kill three wasps that were in the house, but we were using the front door quite often due to our living situation of everything from the basement in our living room and kitchen. Um, They were using the front door quite a bit, and so I went outside and kind of watched the house, and we had at least a good 15 wasps trying to find a, a nesting place. Right, and right now in our situation, they're not... They haven't actually created anything. I don't see them centralized. They're kind of just buzzing around all over. Right. So, uh, yeah, we haven't seen anything. I kicked the bushes right next to the house thinking they were in the bushes. No extra bees kind of flew out. So I figured that was probably the safest thing to do. You know, check check for the hives. Just kick, kick the bush. Because what are the, those evergreens? What are uh, those bushes that I really would like to take out? Cedars. Okay, the cedars. So they're, you know, densely bushy and... Mm-hmm. Can't really see through them, so. When they were buzzing in the springtime, I thought it was bees, but it turned out to be flies. Oh, okay. Which is a good thing. Right. they now no longer really need and so they're looking at that opportunity to unload a house that they're not even visiting so that's been that's been kind of fun to to chat with them the other ones you know mom and dad are getting older so now it's time to look at the assisted living situation and family moved mom and dad into the home into a assisted living situation and now they're looking at we really don't need the home so now it's just time to say goodbye to the family home and move on. And so having that conversation with them of letting them know that even though that they're moving on, that their memories and their home is still being taken good care of. And I think that's the most important thing with them. And I think everyone who's been in a home hopes that the next owners of the home take care of it well. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that's just a, uh, a, a human instinct for sure so everyone can kind of connect with that no you know no matter who comes in the home next what type right. of it's a family or not or or what the case is we just hope that the home's taken care of and it's always really hard when the family's been there for 50 60 years this is the family home we came home from the war and we built this house this is where we raised the family the grandkids now the great grandkids are around and now it's time to to move on to those next stages in life. And I think it's really important to find an agent who's going to recognize that and still give the house its, its justice, its due of, I know you're leaving it, but it's in good hands. We're going to take care of it. We're going to find a nice family to move in. And your house is going to be loved again. It's going to be full of that joy. It is a, a big trend that has kind of taken place and has changed um especially yeah in the last 50 60 years with now the average time spent in a house is five to eight years Mm -hmm. you know um our situation was similar the uh, we're the second family in it correct and it was built in the 60s yep so yeah it's changes in life you know that's okay and we're here to help you through that Mm mm-hmm um, I've been uh, just reading here a, an email from Realtor.com. Um, came into our, our inbox because we are Realtors. Yes, we are. And I, I know Realtor.com is, you know, some people think of it just as general news or like, you know, another Zillow platform. But it's actually 
by realtors for realtors. And you can look for houses and it functions a lot like Zillow. But there's more to it. So when you look at the articles and especially the trending ones, it's all based on um, insight from actual agents in the field or, okay. or brokers. So this one, uh, it, it was kind of interesting. I'm always looking toward the future as far as where are we going to go with housing? You know, what are the trends? And I think a lot of people are, especially now, um, they're, they're hearing rumors that, you know, 2008 is going to happen again and all that stuff. And we're just in an unusual situation with, you know, the pandemic that's been rolling on for the last two years now. Um, it's affected interest rates. It's affected housing. So this article is, why is the U.S. housing market so out of whack? What homebuyers need to know right now. And I'm going to throw this on our social media page too. Okay. Um, let's see. It's, it starts out kind of with the redundant statement that this has been a, a housing market that we've obviously never seen. Um, realtors and are pulling double duty as therapists, consoling heartbroken homebuyers, as well as first-time homebuyers. Sellers are just going crazy trying to navigate through so many listings. We're looking at people who are willing to pay cash, thousands of dollars, well over asking price. It's just crazy. The next statement is, meanwhile, home sellers are enjoying the benefits. Can this all last? Is it really going to become the new normal? Well, no. I mean, this cannot last. It's been fueled by two things. From about 2016 or so, we really saw a drop in the amount of listings that are available. And, and you've seen that too. I mean, mm-hmm. you came in in 2017. Right. And I, I, I think you have seen a significant continued drop in the amount of listings that are there. Between that and the pandemic-fueled interest rate switch and change, we've been at the lowest interest rates consistently now. Um, that as far as a period, it's been two years since we've been well under, you know, an average. Average, um, in this case, there's some other graphs that they put on, but average is around 5% mm-hmm. for, for interest rates. So, I mean, at one point we were like negative interest rates in the Fed, which, you know, that's like translating into a, a 1% interest rate for the consumer. Right. On the home loans, it, it's just crazy. Um, so eventually this will change back to what was, you know, being around a 4% interest rate, perhaps five. Um, it's really interesting to see sort of the, the spike graphs, you know, over the last couple of years, mm-hmm. home prices, we, we have been thinking that they really just shot up in 2020 or 2019, but they've been steadily increasing for the last five or six years. And I think the the increase or that sharp increase is when we hear the stories of families who are willing to pay, you know, $40,000 above asking price just so their way they can get the home. We've seen a lot of that, or we haven't seen quite that bad this year. So this year I've only had two that have been 40000 above asking. Um, but otherwise we're still only seeing maybe five 5000 above asking. Buyers are now doing the... I am not going to overpay for this house mm-hmm. because if I'm only going to be here for five years, am I going to be able to recoup that $20,000? If this is if this house is close to that ceiling of it can't go anymore higher due to size, location. I mean, you can't add any more dirt to it because a quarter acre is still a quarter acre. No matter which way we try to shape it, it's still going to be that. They don't make more land. Right. We can't just go get more dirt and go, okay, we're going to, unless you buy the neighbor's house and take the neighbor's house out to, to add more land to your home, the location is the location. I mean, it's, it's one of those things. Exactly. Um, so if I, I think those are kind of um, pulling on the heartstrings and we hear those um, influential sort of tragedy type stories of all oh, this went for $80,000 over asking or, or something extreme like that. And those are the ones that stick with us. Mm-hmm. But if we take more of a statistical look at things, this was 
on a roll anyway. And statistically, the median prices, the average prices, they've been increasing, but they've been increasing fairly steadily upwards. Right. And I think as buyers, when we work with them, that's their number one question is, okay, so if I sell this in, in three years, can I make 100000 on it? I only spent sixty on it, but can I can I get in that hundred thousand range? It's like I don't know mm-hmm. because our crystal ball's broke. You know, could you maybe? But at the same time, you have to do a lot of work in order to get branch up into those those higher numbers. I think personally, my analysis is the trending of these market sort of um, statistics usually start in the metro areas and then trickle into our more urban, or excuse me, more rural areas. So we in Rapids don't usually see those big swings, those big changes, those big heartaches until a year or so after we see it in the more metro areas. What had happened in the last year, you know, 16, 18 months, is it leveled the playing field for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, Everybody's kind of in that same situation. They're running down that same river all at the same time. So it's hard to see the changes coming because, you know, the entire country got hit at the same time with conditions from the federal government saying, this is what the interest rates we're going to have to push now for everybody. And that, you know, really spooled into the you know shortage of listings and everything else. Are we going to come out of it? Of course. It is, are, are the listings increasing? You know, you, you keep looking at the listings day to day. Oh, yeah. They're increasing. You know, we go into our trend of, you know, we've got 17 new homes on on the market. And then it's kind of, it's a little bit of a lull where we only get two, three, but then we're back to that 17. So it's it's an up and down. It's a roller coaster. Yeah, throughout the week. So it's it's not like a, you know what, wow, here's an extra 100 homes on the market in a week. We're still looking at maybe in a month we get 100 new homes. But again, we're still look, seeing them, they're priced right. And they're in great condition and staged well, they're going to be off the market very quickly. Mm-hmm. Now, back to the article, they do have a, another infographic, another pictorial that we can kind of glance at. Um, it'll have the number of listings yet to recover from the pandemic impact. Okay, so how are we going to get back to a 2016 trend in housing? as far as listings and, and prices and all that jazz. And the last few years here, let's see, the last 10 months or so, the numbers of listings coming onto the books that would need to be back to a, a more even-keeled market has been decreasing, so we don't need to bring as many listings as we did 10 months ago when the housing's uh, listing shortage was really impactful. So it's it's a very good trend. And if y'all, like I said, I'll post this on social media, but if y'all take a look at that graphic, there's a roller coaster. And throughout, you know, the different times of the year as well, we see, you know, the winter usually is a slowdown in the housing market. Mm-hmm. The past two years, it hasn't been. No, it has not. So we're again looking at at that, and we can see in this graph how it's been far more steady instead of a seasonal roller coaster up and down. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to happen again this year. It's going to still be strong. We're going to still have a lot of listings come into the market throughout the winter time. And I think a lot of people now no longer look at the oh, I need a list before the holidays because that was always the biggest concern. Is okay, well, we're going to list, but once it comes to the holidays. I, I'm getting a little nervous about that. You know, we always, we haven't really seen too many people say, you know what, when November comes around, I'm just, I want to get it sold before before Christmas or before Thanksgiving so that we, we can be in the new place and not have to worry about everyone coming over. Because again, now it's smaller. You know, it's right. just the family. It's just the close family. And maybe we only have mom and dad come over. So now we're only cooking for a family of eight versus we're cooking for 20 people. So just the difference of how those holidays are now being looked at with COVID going into our second year of COVID of holidays, we're really looking at that and going, do we really need to have 20 people around our table or can we do it just with, with eight 
and maybe we have Thanksgiving with this side of the family and then Christmas is going to be this side of the family just to even it out. So that way we can spend time, but it's like, again, going to be in those smaller numbers. Mm -hmm. So that way we can be a little bit more safe. Or move it to a different time of year, Christmas Mm -hmm. in July. Yeah. And we did that this year with our family Mm -hmm. of, we did Christmas, I think it was in June. Sure. Summertime Christmas. It was, yeah, it was. It was still hot then. It was warm. I think it was in June because it was during Kevin's graduation party. We just kind of did a, we pre-gamed the graduation party. Right. We had a pre-game going on. Because <laughs> we're in Wisconsin, that's what we do. Right. So, yes, I, I totally agree with you. I think a lot of those cultural changes, you know, um, the downsizing of the family festivities. And, you know, it, it kind of goes back, like you spoke as well, to the matriarch or patriarch of the family is moving into some sort of assisted living. You know, families are a little bit farther apart now than what they used to be. And the trend continues. You know, lifestyles are continuing that way as well. Electronic means of communication really is really helpful. You know, we can mm-hmm. get in on a, a group FaceTime chat or Zoom or you know, however the family wants to do that. And then you also cut down on all the other expenses too. Right. So not having to travel during the winter time. Well, there's even talk too of even the meal itself mm-hmm. is no longer going to be as large as it always is. We now might be serving frozen pizza because you know what? As long as we're together, really doesn't matter what we eat. As long as we're together, we're, ha- we're enjoying each other's company. So, you know, the news just had on the report of the possible turkey shortage due to COVID. Okay, so that means if we're not having turkey, well, what are some other alternatives? Can we do a steak and shrimp dinner? Can we do something else that, yeah, may not be a traditional Thanksgiving meal, but as long as we're together and the food is good and the food is hot, I'm game. Although I'm not so sure about the turkey shortage. I've been driving around the state quite a bit the last couple of weeks, and they are everywhere. I know, but they're not in our backyard. No, we don't have, we have squirrels. We have squirrels. And a couple of rabbits. Still kind of sad about this. Moved out into the country, really hoping to see, you know, some wildlife. Don't have any wildlife in my backyard yet. But a couple blocks over in the cornfields. Oh, yeah. Deer galore, turkey galore. It's not in my backyard. Well, that's okay. That's probably one of the reasons why our garden did as well as it did. Probably. And also, of course, um, we can mention here quickly the, uh, the, this article from Realtor.com. Also touches on home construction. So there was quite a lull in home construction in 2009, 2010, and 2011. Mm-hmm. And it started picking back up. A little bit of a dip there in the end of 2019 and 2020. Right. But we are, are back on a roll to constructing more homes. Um, just today I was down uh, doing some photography by the lakes and uh, the golf course of Lake Arrowhead area. There's a number of, I, I counted at least seven or eight new construction on my trip today. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, houses are being built. They're just being built a little bit slower because again, we have issues getting things in, right. of the product in due to all of the new regulations for, for bringing product in overseas. So some things are on backlog and that's okay. And even from Canada. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, even st- even getting stuff made in the USA is still having, you know, there's still a little bit of a backlog there. But, you know, as long as they can get the product in, they can get the home the homes built. And prices of lumber is coming, <clears throat> excuse me, it continues to come down and um, normalize again. Obviously, it's still going to be more expensive than what it was two years ago. Right. Because, you know, everything's going to be a little bit more, a little bit more always happens. Um, but at least now it's not astronomical. Right. So, and I think uh, a lot of people are not rushing headstrong, headlong into the box stores and the lumber yards to purchase their, you know, materials because of those other items too that goes with it. You know, if you're building a shed, you, you need all the roofing system and the metal hangers and the nails and all that other jazz that goes with it. Right. So, so a lot of factors that are going in, but things are, are seeming to 
be back to moving in a really good direction. We're slow overall. going. We're we're in a crawl, and we're going to be mm-hmm. you know learning. It's kind of like re re looking at how to walk again. You got to take it a little bit slow, and just can't hit the ground running. Unless it's your son who didn't train for his first marathon. No, that's true. He, but just he did really well. Woke up and almost qualified for Boston. I still like that story. It is a great story. Let's see. We had an open house this past weekend, mm-hmm. and we're going to continue that for the next couple of weekends, I think. Yep. So we're going to still be over at 410 Payne Street. So again, mm-hmm. that's a three-bedroom home and a three-bath home, and it's got 3,000 square feet. So, I mean, it's a very huge house. I love the fact that the kids, where the kids' bedrooms are, that's on the second story, and they have almost their own living room, their own little entertainment center. So I've been calling it the kids, the kids suite. So if you needed to have, there was a place for a main floor living room, but then send the kids upstairs to their own little entertainment suite that they have up there. It's got two different locations for entertainment. So again, you can still divide and conquer and they got their own bathroom up there. So, I mean, it's really nicely laid out. It's got a huge kitchen as well. Right. Nicely laid out kitchen. I love the island that's there. So definitely it's something worth the, to check out. So I'm going to be there again on Saturday from 11 to 1230. It's a kitchen that I, I can see having a number of people in trying to, or, or you know, successfully cooking or baking. You know, large baking projects can definitely happen in that kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can not, you, you can be in a, a, a how should I say, one person on one side, one person on the other, you know, not really getting in their way that's that big of a kitchen. Right. So, yeah, definitely come come check it out. Okay, what's next? Did you want to run over the Stage Dialed and Sold blog? Yes, of course. Okay. Again, from the National Association of Realtors. All right. Let's see. This one is Best Home Staging Makeovers, Bright Colors, and Coastal Vibes. So bright colors and vibes from the coast. I can turn my home into the beach home. Well, of course. You can draw inspiration from the recipients of Home Staging Resources' most recent Best of the Best Awards, recognizing the work of stagers nationwide. This one is by Audra Slinky. Renovated for return on investment is our our first contestant here. This best of the best winner, Laura Martin of Laura Lynn Interiors in Austin, Texas. And this was quite a big project. Uh, living room is pictured here. And I'm going to stop scrolling before you throw something at me. <laughs> I'm just trying to compare. There's a before and after picture. Right. Uh, the before was uh, fairly 1990s-esque. Yeah. We got uh, all the dark, dark leather mm-hmm. furniture. And it, not bad. No. I mean, it's very, very homey, but they brightened it up. They replaced the area rug. It's got wood flooring. So the area rug is now a lighter color, and so is the furniture. Uh, they didn't do much with the fireplace except put a large painting over the top. And uh, it's a color palette that would complement the other colors in the room. So the white neutrals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just amazing how take taking something with the from a dark color or even a beige and just adding more of a cream, more warmer colors of how much that just changes the room. Mm-hmm. And lighting as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the next one is looks like the master bath, <laughs> or it could be the kids' bath. Could be either or. Right. Uh, the fixtures definitely outdated. Very much of a built-in. Uh, vanity and cabinetry with dark colors and a cream. Um, it it it's an all-in-one countertop with the sinks in it. Yep. But with that cream color, it really throws that you know again late '90s vibe. They also had the um, hookover sort of dangly looking globe light bulb. Yep, the pendant light bulbs. Right. So they swapped it out, brightened everything up. They changed the palette from cream into a light gray. With light gray seems to really be the go-to color wall, lately. Wall, wall color. Yep. Yes. Uh, 
with black rimmed mirrors. These are circular ones. So now you've got an individual mirror over each smaller individual vanity that's white in color with uh, black, looks like almost uh, wrought iron handles. I really do like the homes are black and or the gray, gray walls with the white trim and then accenting that with the black. And it's not like thick black trim around the mirror. It's nice and thin where it's like it's noticeable, but not overwhelming right. of we just now added more dark colors to everything. Very nicely done. And it'll make the space look larger, even though you're going from a complete mirror that spans one side of the wall to the other. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the mirror that's 100 square feet in itself down to a couple smaller mirrors, but it, it, it'll open up the room quite a bit. Yeah, and we're going to be looking at doing new lighting in our bathroom. Right. So. We got to figure out what style we want. Exactly. And then kind of get an idea of what style generally or what color of fixtures we want all through the bathroom. And we're going to do a good job this time and we're going to buy everything all at once. So that way we have it and we can just store it and lose it and have to go buy it again. Because that's kind of how we do things. Yeah. but We did it at the last house. We lost the, the attachments for the shower. So we actually had two different shower. So the shower itself, right. that was one, because we couldn't find the handles because the handles we didn't need to replace. So mm-hmm. we just took out the shower pieces. And so the handles in the faucet for the tub, we didn't know where we put them. Right. Because that was the only piece we needed. But we bought the whole entire matching set. And then we couldn't find it. So when we redid the bathroom the correct way, nothing matched because it was all the wrong shades of Bronze? black. Black, it was it was like a, a dark brushed bronze. bronze. Yep. Yeah. So we had two things kind of going on, but we kind of got it to match to make it look like it belonged there. Well, and the other thing is we had to replace that shower head and we just went and got a shower head and you like to have the extension wand. Yes. In this case. Um, so we just went and got one. And then we created a plan for what we wanted to do with the rest of the decor in the bathroom. And we knew we weren't going to do that for a couple of years. So by that time, spending $20 on a shower head and waiting a couple of years seemed like an okay idea. Right. So our current bathroom, we also did sort of similar with the shower head because we needed a new shower head. Yeah. We just grabbed that. We, we just, just grabbed one. Yeah. Cause yeah, it needed to be changed, but that shower is going away and, the washer and dryer going in where the shower is, so. Exactly, and that's going to be a project. Oh, yes, it is. No, it shouldn't be too bad. It should be pretty straightforward. Okay, back to the article. This one is called Coastal Cool. The summer vibe continues with this best of the best winner, Michael Baggy, B-A-G-E. Sounds good. Big, okay. Of Mason de Champagne in Galveston, and Houston, Texas. So they took, you know, more of a, a coastal vibe, wicker furniture. Again, a little bit of kind of bring the outdoor furniture inside. Mm-hmm. Um, the tougher fabrics that are still fabric and, you know, the, the pillows and stuff, but they're, they're more beach sort of woven, you know, thicker woven type fabrics. Let's see. Again, with the wood floors, we got sort of pastel, sort of uh, turquoise, but mm-hmm. really, really light. You know, a little bit of green, a little bit of blue in it. A lot of uh, white and creams. I'm seeing a lot of oversized artwork on the ta- on the walls. On the walls. Mm-hmm. You know, just to kind of break things up a little bit more. We're using a lot more mirrors to help reflect some of those lights to make the room feel brighter. And probably bigger too. So, I mean, as you're walking through, you can definitely check the hair and makeup right. at different points. And like, you know, wicker furniture. And like you said, again, the uh, sort of oversized feel. It's interesting that you can put some oversized pieces in a small room and it it doesn't feel weird. Correct. But sometimes it does. So you got to do it right. And you'll know when it doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those are those are a couple of the beachy beach trend. A lot of blues, a lot of creams. 
You don't and have adding that. a lot of floral to it as well, just to kind of help break up with different textures. Right. So that's that's a little inspirational. There you go. Can I head over to Home Depot tonight? Yeah. Because, you know, this is also time to look at clearance items from the summer season. So if you're looking for a lawnmower, you might be able to find one on clearance. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for outdoor furniture to bring inside, like perhaps in a basement that we're going to remodel, wink, wink, you know, head over to the home center. So that does about wrap up this hour. All right. Excellent. So, of course, we're going to remind everybody to check us on the social media. I'm going to be posting some of these things from uh, National Association of Realtors and Realtor.com. Of course, if you want to check out listings in the area, if you're curious about what homes are on the market, head over to MyRapids.com. Looking for area information and links to places around town, head over to MyRapids.info. If you're curious about things, if you have questions, concerns, or comments, if you just want to send us ideas of what to have on the radio show, send us an email to myrapidsradio at gmail.com. Ooh, excellent. And if they want to talk to you or text you, how can they get a hold of you? They can use the phone number at 715-323-2577. That's pretty easy. And texts? Are Text, good. Texts are, are probably the best. So that way I can always go back to it and relook at it later on. So not saying that when we're busy, that once I call, talk to someone on the phone, I hang up and totally forget what we just talked about. It's it's a lot easier just to be able to go back and just have it written down for that quick reference. So text is usually is, is a little bit better. We love to hear from you. Yeah, but we'll still take your phone call. Definitely. But sometimes with sending uh, information accurately. If you're looking at 123 Black and Blue Street, you can type 123 Black and Blue Street. Yeah. It, it eases the communication gap sometimes. Yes, it does. Cool. Otherwise, we're on social media and also the podcast. So if you're looking to find out you know, more of these shows, we do have the podcast format. So head over to your favorite player, iTunes, Google Play. Um, I host things on Podbean, so if you like that. Also on our blog page on MyRapids.com, you can check out all the past episodes. All right. Excellent. Cool. We got a lot of stuff to look forward to coming up. All right. Stay tuned for hour number two. Stay tuned and come back for hour two of My Rapids Real Estate Show, where we take a deep dive into central Wisconsin real estate market and more housing-related topics.